te kulta te fano o Aotearoa Unitarians, te na kulta na mai mahiri, no mai haramai ki tene hui topa a te atua, te na koto te na tato kato. I hear you. For what has been way too many Sundays for our local congregation, I welcome you once again to our virtual sanctuary, yet giving thanks to at least be together for worship on this, our Stewardship Sunday. My opening words are by Leslie Takahashi. To worship means to consider what has worth. Today, we consider with gratitude the many gifts of this community, the opportunity to be affirmed in who we are and to offer that affirmation to others, the chance to stand up together, to help remake the world in the ideal of justice, the freedom to choose one's own path to truth and to learn from the travel logs of others, the space to expand one's own spirit and to reconnect after busy or humdrum weeks with the sustaining truths of one's life. Regular reminders that we must see our world through the lens of love and the aspiration to consider all life as precious. For if all of it is made of stardust, how can it not be wondrous? So this morning, let's welcome all of these gifts with gratitude for they have been paid for with many currencies. The blood of the martyrs who died so that we can be free in our religion. The sweat of those who persisted in justice's name against hostility and adversity. The tears of those who struggled to build better lives for those in this life the questions of our children as they understand the world anew and offer their understanding to us as a fresh lens, the laughter and joy of those giddy with the embrace of community, the dollars and cents of those who gave what they could and then stretched a little more the infinite small acts of service that made the parts greater than the whole, done by those who knew themselves in sympathy with our purposes. So today we consider with gratitude and humility what it means to pay forward what has been paid forward to us. And now let us enter into worship with gladness in our hearts. If you have a chalice or candle, let us light it now. We light our chalice 
as a symbol of gratitude. As we celebrate the abundance of our lives together. In this sanctuary, we harvest bushels of strength for one another and offer our crop with the hands of compassion and generosity in the authentic and gentle manner of our connections. We cultivate a simple sweetness to brighten our spirits. May we be grateful for the ways we nourish and uplift each other, for it is the sharing of this hallowed time together that sustains us. My musing for this morning, I've entitled Stewardship is More About Magic Than Money. I was never a big fan of magicians because I don't enjoy feeling conned or suspending my disbelief. Then I encountered Penn and Teller. Who couldn't love magicians with a TV show called Bullshit? They are scientific skeptics and atheists who love making mints out of sacred cows. I particularly enjoyed their trick of making an American flag seem to disappear by wrapping it in a copy of the United States Bill of Rights and apparently setting the flag on fire so that the flag is gone, but the Bill of Rights remains. I saw the trick first on West Wing. If, if their unique routine weren't enough, they have written numerous books. I am most drawn to two of their titles. God, no. Signs you may already be an atheist and other magical tales. And the second, every day is an atheist holiday. More magical tales from the author of God, no. What Penn and Teller taught me in their magic is don't make sleight of hand, don't mistake sleight of hand for real magic. And don't let tricks of the eye fool you into thinking that you're seeing clearly. Real magic reveals truth. Here at Auckland Unitarians, we do real magic. Starhawk, born Miriam Simos, a neo-pagan and eco-feminist who gave birth to the goddess movement tells us magic is the art of changing consciousness at will. She writes, when hard logic fails us, we might gain more clarity by looking at the situation through the lens of magic. Magic, in this sense, is not waving wands or pulling rabbits out of hats. It's the heritage of ancient psychologies. Understandings of the world as infused with life, consciousness, presence, and underlying patterns. 
She's not suggesting abandoning logic, but joining up with insight and heart to get a wiser picture of the world. That's precisely the magic that we do here. We work to liberate and empower minds and spirits as well to provide space for each person at any age to explore the transformation of their spiritual essence without dogma, but with ethics. It's magical because we don't need dogma, fear and snake oil to see the world more clearly. We don't claim 2020 vision, but it's close. Our vision allows us to see things as they are, but with a deeper focus. We, see, we seek to see things as they really can be and not be foiled by things as they are. Our vision is sharpened by keeping our principles, values, our core values central when we are looking at the world. One of my favorite examples is Ellery Shimp, who was in high school when compulsory Bible reading was a part of every day in public school. He got in trouble for not wanting to read the Bible and was told that he had to read scripture in order to be in class. Shim complied. A member of a Unitarian youth group, he brought the Koran. After being sent to the principal's office, he took the school to the Supreme Court. He changed history. Prayer and Bible readings were no longer required in public schools. Magic starts with changing one's own consciousness then provides the magic to change consciousness and even law in the world. Henry David Thoreau saw no value in church attendance. I seek to change that. I mean, it's too late for Thoreau, but I believe that we can equip this congregation to more fully serve our principles and values so that we are easily seen and known as the cool faith tradition that we are. I believe that we can equip this congregation to have the integrity that comes from being firmly grounded in acting and acting from those core principles. We are cool, but we're not a club of cool people. We are a religious community bound together by our affirmation of and our aspirations to the core ideas of our faith. A constellation of, of principles ever evolving, founded in love and reason and grounded in recognition of the inherent worth of every person and of the interdependent web of all existence in which we live and move and have our being, a web throughout which our choices and actions are felt. These are the heart and soul of our magic. 
Thoreau wrote, the mass of people lead lives of quiet desperation. What is called resignation is desperation and on an unconscious despair is concealed even under what are called the games and amusements of humankind. The magic of Unitarian Universalism is its core purpose to liberate us from resignation to what is set before us or desperation at what is around us and to sustain us in our liberation. Starhawk says to work magic is to weave the unseen forces into form, to, to soar beyond sight, to explore the uncharted dream realm of hidden reality. Take the power of love and the reality of human worth and weave them together into a place and a force that makes a difference in the world. I don't know if you've seen the Netflix series, Witcher, but I am entranced, enchanted, and enthralled by this alternative universe full of dangerous creatures popping out of nowhere, heroes and heroines that combat them, and magic, lots and lots of magic. In the second episode, a main character, a young woman named Yennefer, is sent to the Isle of Aratusa to be trained in the art of magic. It's a harsh training. But then the world she lives in, that we live in, is harsh. Her teacher, Tissias, says to her during the lesson, chaos is the most dangerous thing in our world. It is all around us, all the time, volatile and powerful. Listen closely. Your survival depends on it. Magic is organizing chaos while oceans of mystery remain. We have deduced that this requires two things, balance and control. Yennefer is in a class of young women training to be mages. They stand in a circle with a table in front of each of them. On each table is a rock and a flower. Tosias tells them to lift the rock without touching it just using the power of their minds. She says, magic is organizing chaos. This requires two things, balance and control. Between your flower and your stone lies the balance. The women begin to apply their attention and focus to lifting the stones with their minds. One of them does right away. She looks excitedly at the stone floating in the air, but immediately her left hand begins to shrivel painfully, crunching up and withering. The young woman looks painfully up at the teacher who says, this is the balance demonstrated beautifully. There is no conjuring something from nothing. There is a give 
and a tank. I've heard before the idea that magic exacts a price, but then everything does. The way to create order out of the chaos is to focus and make conscious choices about the price. On Eretuzuza, the, the mages learn to lift their stones by allowing the flower that is also on the table before them to die. That's a narrow focus between two objects on a table. When we make, when we each make choices about, and finally I'm talking about money, about how to pledge or in fact, how to spend any money. We have to think about the impact of our choices in the context of an interdependent web. We have to focus on something holy, living at the heart of being, something with inherent value, life that must be cherished and honored. If we are to live with integrity, when we lose focus on that, we lose integrity. We start to see the world in distracted, unbalanced, broken ways, making choices that are not in line with what we hope for the flourishing of the world in the present and the future. When we lose focus, we forget who we are at our core that we are a faith movement with a purpose in the world, a purpose that is life-affirming and world-changing, that lifts up the human spirit and all of life, that values justice and compassion and reason and love, that invests in the making of a thriving and healthy community here for the shaping of the beloved community and the world. It concerns the balance of the web of life and the liberation of the spirits of all. And lofty as that sounds, it takes money. Joseph Campbell, the visionary student of myth and legend wrote, in the living of a life today, money is a facilitating energy source. With money in the tank like gasoline, you can get places you otherwise couldn't go. When you put money in the wrong place, it could be devastating. Where is the money going and where is it coming from in the economy of a nation, of a city? That's one of the big problems. You can turn a flowering culture into a desiccating culture just by wrong channeling. You have to have not only the energy, but also the capacity of mind that helps life flower. Pledging isn't about pulling a rabbit out of your hat. It is real magic that empowers the magic of this place. My closing words are these. If you are proud of this faith community, become its advocate. If you are concerned for its future, share its message. 
If its values resonate deep within you, give it a measure of your devotion. This church cannot survive without your faith, your confidence, your enthusiasm. Its destiny, the larger hope, rests in your hands. And I noticed last week, after we finished this service, that my candle was still burning. So this week we'll extinguish the flame. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we carry in our hearts until we are together again. The question is, what do you experience as magical at Aotearoa Unitarians? What do you experience as magical? 